0: has given us. Amen. All right. Uh, We have an impromptu uh, cookout tomorrow at Pastor's House. Everyone is invited. Come over about 4 p.m. What? (laughs) He did agree to that, so don't let him fool you. So come on over. We'll supply the, the meats, the buns, the Condiments will supply water, so just bring a dish to pass, Um, and if you want something other than water, bring your own drink for that. But come out and just have a good time. We want to bless you with the grill that you blessed us with. How's that? All right. (laughs) This week, again, is family camp, so if you can make it, please do. uh, Sorry, get tongue-tied up here. There is no midweek service here at Calvary Apostolic due to family camp. But there will be prayer still for those that are here, or no? Yes, Yes, we will still have prayer on Tuesday. Um, The other announcement is men's prayer this Saturday at 8 a.m. And then a reminder that Move the Mission offering deadline is August 21st. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1: him hallelujah jesus lord willingly we surrender our lives to you oh hallelujah willingly we bow before you hallelujah thank you jesus thank you jesus hallelujah oh i give you glory and honor and praise hallelujah thank you jesus thank you jesus hallelujah thank you jesus Oh, Lord, just like the day of Pentecost, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Come and fill this place. Oh, Lord Jesus, baptizing with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You are worthy, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
2: Oh. Uh-huh.
3: Hallelujah, Jesus. We are so looking forward to the day when we get to see you, the author and finisher of our faith. Hallelujah, Jesus. We live for that day. We live for that moment. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. You are the King of Kings. You are the Lord of Lords. It is you that we serve today. Oh, hallelujah, Thank you, Jesus, for that hope. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity you've given us today to make sure that we're ready to see you, to make sure that we're going to be there when you call your church home. Hallelujah, Jesus! You are the Lord, our God. You are our Savior, our Redeemer. There is none else. All eyes, all hearts, all ears are attentive unto you this morning to hear from you, to receive from you. Hallelujah, Jesus! Not to receive from a man not to put our hope in men, but to put our hope and our faith and our trust and our confidence in You. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Praise God. What an awesome God we serve, church. What a wondrous God we serve. He is ever worthy of our worship and of our praise and of our thanksgiving. Because He has wrought wondrously. He's wrought wondrously in our lives. Praise God. Praise God. He's an awesome God. We're not wasting our time here. We're not biding our time here. We're waiting on the presence of God. We're ministering unto Him. We're pleasing Him. Because He's done so much for me. He's done so much for us. He saved our souls. He hung on a cross in our place. In our place. That was our just punishment. We deserve to be there. But He voluntarily stepped in and said, I'll pay it for you. He didn't have to, but He did it anyway. He did it because He loves you, and He loves me. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Zechariah chapter 13 and verse 6 is where we'll begin, and then we'll... uh, Actually move back, I guess, to Proverbs chapter 27 and 6. Zechariah 13 and 6, and then Proverbs chapter 27 and 6. While you're turning there, I want to wish everyone a very happy 4th of July. Amen. We do hope and pray that you'll be able to celebrate it with us. Uh, If you have plans, I totally understand. As my wife said last minute, but uh, if you can, that would be awesome. Amen. Zechariah 13 and 6 says, And one shall say unto him, What are these wounds in thine hands? Then he shall answer, Those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. Proverbs 27 and 6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy Are deceitful. And indeed they are. When we receive chastisement or just correction from those that love us, that is a beautiful thing. That's a sweet thing. It is to the salvation of our souls that we have men and women in our lives that we trust that can speak into our lives. Hard things. Things that you don't necessarily want to hear. To set you back on the right path. But what happens when the wounds of a friend aren't faithful? What happens when you receive a wound from a friend that isn't out of love? It isn't for your betterment or for your improvement, but it's for something else. What do we do then? Amen. When the wounds of a friend aren't faithful, it hurts. God is here this morning. We, all of us, every single one of us, have been hurt by friends. We've been hurt by family. We've been hurt by those that we trust the most. Mother and father, best friend, spouse, children, minister, people that we've put our trust in, people who we've esteemed highly. And they have wounded us. They have hurt us. What do you do then? Rest assured, folks, God understands. Jesus Himself was hurt. He was wounded in the house of His friends. And He is the balm of Gilead. And He is our healer and our deliverer this morning. Lord Jesus, we come to You one more time, seeking Your face, seeking the Word of the Lord to be delivered unto us this morning. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that You would speak specifically to those who are still struggling, who are still hurting, who still have bitterness or unforgiveness or or are, are in some way dealing with these hurts and these wounds, these doubts and these fears that stem from them. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that You would release Your people from them today. Today, they've dealt with them long enough. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that we would receive the Word of the Lord today and that we would, through that, receive Your healing today. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Understanding that there are times in our lives when we do need correction. We have erred. We have come to a place in our lives where we think, maybe... I'm above this stuff. I I I know what's right and no one else does. They need to listen to me. Cuz I got the answer. I always have the answer. Why don't people see it? Why don't people get that I'm more more intelligent than people are? I'm a little bit more wiser than the than they are. Why don't they see it? It may be also that you're just honestly Moving forward in the will and plan of God, and you've made a mistake. You said something wrong. You did something wrong. That happens. It certainly has happened to us, but before we judge too harshly, you've done it to others. I've done it to others. People are people, and they're going to do people things. You're a people. And you're going to do people things. So, before we get going too fast this morning, let's understand, yes, we have been hurt. We've been wounded. But we have hurt. And we have wounded also. Probably inadvertently. Probably you didn't even know you did it. And they probably didn't either. Or maybe they did especially when it comes to the area of ministry. This is perhaps the gravest wound that saints have. It's the cause of people backsliding. It's the cause of people leaving, going to other churches, other denominations, falling out with God altogether. All because the preacher or or the minister said something or did something. And I'm not negating, I'm not trying to minimize the fact that the minister especially... (laughs) All of us are ministers. We have an awesome responsibility to people. We do. We have an awesome responsibility before God. Brother booth touched on that. But we also have a responsibility to each other to minister, to know the Word of God and to teach it properly. I can't just get up here and say whatever comes to mind. I'm a man under authority. The only thing I'm allowed to do is speak what thus saith the Lord, whether I want to or not. And so are you. When you're teaching that Bible study, when you're ministering to someone or witnessing to someone at work or standing in the coffee line, you can't just say whatever comes to mind. You can't just say what's on your heart at the moment, what I'm feeling. Because my heart will never mislead me, right? My heart always speaks the truth to me. If I'm feeling it, it's got to be true. Don't do that to yourself. Don't do that to someone standing next to you. This is what's true. The Word of God is what's true. That's it. That's the only thing we know for sure is true. So we've got to know the Word of God. And when we minister the Word of God, we have an awesome responsibility to do it properly and in love and in the fear of God. Understanding the, what exactly we're wielding here. I'm not giving a commentary on Plato's Republic here. It's a pretty good work. Not denying that, but it's nothing compared to the Word of God. So I've got to study to show myself approved. I've got to pray and I've got to fast and I've got to make sure this vessel is ready for God to use to do that. But people that are supposed to be ready aren't always ready. And people that are supposed to know the Word of God don't always know it properly. And they say things and they do things. And they end up hurting us. I know for a fact from conversations I've had, from things that I've heard, and from what God has spoken to me about, that there are people in this church who continue to struggle from wounds that they've received from ministers, things that people have said, flippant things. I'm not I'm not excusing anything that's happened. But here's the facts of the matter. Those people aren't here today. You are. And you're the one that's going to deal with it for the rest of your life. Please receive the Word of the Lord this morning. You're the one that's struggling. Not them. They they may not even know. So how do you deal with it? How do you get through it? How do you recover from that? Preacher, I'm good. Yeah, people have said stuff, but I'm over it. I do not believe that in every case. And here's why. Because you're still talking about it. If I'm talking about something, if I keep bringing something up, it's for a reason. And I'm not saying it's not a good reason. I'm not saying it's a bad reason. I'm saying it's, you're doing it for a reason. The reason is this. You're not over it. You haven't let it go. Folks, I'm telling you this in love. You've got to let it go. you got to do it today. Get rid of it. Cast it aside. You've carried it long enough. Jesus is telling you, you've carried it long enough. Let it go. Friend, just let it go. Isaiah 42 and 3 says this of our Messiah, A bruised reed shall He not break, and the smoking flax shall He not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. That's our Savior. When we come to our Savior and we're bruised, and we're battered, and we're hurting, and we're wounded, He's not going to chastise you. He's not going to say, well, dummy, what are you doing? He's going to minister to you. He's not going to aggravate anything. He's going to alleviate everything. That's what our Messiah does. And that's what we as ministers should be doing as well. You know, we've got this reputation out in the world that we kill off our wounded. And it preaches well and everyone's like, yeah, we we shouldn't do that. No, definitely not us have we at any time in our lives been a little bit judgmental? Have we in our lives been a little bit short with people because they don't believe exactly the way you do? They don't look exactly the way you do. They don't understand Scripture exactly the same way you do. I'm not talking about truth. I'm not talking about doctrine. There is absolute truth. And some people are right, and everyone else is wrong. I believe that. <laughs> this is right. The Word of God is right. Everyone else is a liar. Everyone else is wrong. But my point is this. We don't look down on people because they don't understand right now the same things that you do. Right. Brother Dumuth mentioned this too. There was a time where I didn't know any of this. I thought I knew all kinds of stuff. I went to catechism. Right? Some of you know what I'm talking about. We got it. I got the whole Bible now. Graduated catechism. I can take communion now. Good to go. I didn't know a thing. I I sat through a Bible study, my first one, and I hadn't heard any of this stuff. I was like, oh my word. How could I have grown up in a church and not have heard any of this? I didn't know about the tabernacle plan. I'd never heard of the tabernacle plan. I'd never heard of the Levitical priesthood. I heard of the Ten Commandments, and that was it. That's it. There's a little over 600 more commandments I hadn't heard of before. Just that ten. And so much more. People didn't look down on me when I came into church the first time. They accepted me as I was, but they loved me enough to teach me and help me to grow in grace and in knowledge of the Word of God. I had to do that. I had to grow. But people understood that. They were growing too. So let's not be too judgmental of people when they don't understand exactly like you do right now. Especially if they're hungry. And they want to grow and they want to learn. They just don't have the information yet. They don't have the experience that you've had yet. Offense is going to come in this world, folks. As much as I hate to say it, if you live in this world any amount of time longer, it's going to happen to you again. Someone is going to say something. Someone is going to do something. And you're going to take it the wrong way. Maybe they meant it. Maybe they didn't. Nevertheless, it was dumb and they shouldn't have said it. But they did. <clears throat> Jesus said this in Matthew 10, 34-36. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. Now that's interesting. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's foes shall be they of his own household. If I can extrapolate just a little bit, and still do honor to the Word of God, the people that you trust the most, the people that you're closest to, those are the ones that are going to turn on you. The people that you've invested the most time in. The people that you've prayed for and worried about and stressed over about and and, and focused on. Those are the ones that are going to walk away. The are the ones that are going to just kick you aside when they're done. And it hurts. And it's wrong. And it should never happen. But folks... This is the world we live in. It's going to happen. It's not if, it's when. It's going to happen at some point in your life. I'm not denying the pain. I'm not denying the the injustice of it. But it happens nonetheless. And then, you're left holding the bag. You're left with the wound. You're left with the hurt. You're left with the... The wonder and the confusion. What in the world just happened? We had such a good relationship. We had this great thing going. What did I do? What did I say? How did I fail? Jesus experienced this once or twice. He knows exactly what you're going through. He knows exactly what it feels like to be let down to be hurt, to be betrayed by those He loves. In John 6:66 6, and 67, we read this. After Jesus got done saying some, maybe some weird things, it says, From that time many of His disciples went back and walked no more with Him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, those closest, will ye also go away. I don't know if he'd have been all that surprised if they left too. In his humanity anyway. God knows the end from the beginning. (coughs) Sometimes you're going to receive hurts and wounds for doing the right thing. Saying the right thing. Taking the right stand. And as that day approaches, that's going to happen more and more. You're going to make a stand for truth. You're going to stand boldly and declare righteousness and godliness in the midst of an ungodly world. And they're just going to love you for it. And you're going to be their best friend. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Who doesn't want to be loved? Who doesn't want to be liked? We all do. I'd rather be liked than, than hated. But people are going to hate us because of what we stand for. And they may not say it to your face. You may think, i got your back, brother. i got your back, sister. And they don't. What are we supposed to do? Well, I'm going to start just mistrusting everybody. Guilty till proven innocent. I know people are going to, I know they're going to stab me in the back at some point. I'm just waiting for it. Don't get too close. It's coming. Well, we can't live like that either. It's tempting sometimes, but you can't live like that. You've got to love people unconditionally with the love of God. God loves people, and He knows that they're going to walk away from Him. He knows it. But He still loves them, and He still gives them every opportunity to say yes to Him. We know what's going to happen. John 1, 10 and 11 says this, He was in the world and the world was made by Him and the world knew Him not. He came unto His own and His own received Him not. The Bible prophesies of Him that He was despised and rejected of men. Men of sorrows and acquainted with grief. during the Last Supper, the account of of Jesus celebrating the the Passover with the twelve. We pick that up in Matthew 26, starting with verse 31. Then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of Me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I'll go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. Check this out. We can get to a place in our lives, especially now that we know it's coming, we can get ready for it. We can get spiritual enough. We can prepare for it. (laughs) I used to think that. I believed that at one point. If I could just keep an eye on my six, Brother Parker... Nothing would sneak up on me. Well, then it came from the twelve. You know what that means, right? Watch your six. Okay. Watch your back. Okay. It's still going to happen. And it's still going to surprise you. You may know it's coming. But you're not going to know from where or when. And you're not going to know how much it's going to hurt until after the fact. Wounds, hurts, offenses, they are inevitable in this life. They're going to happen, but it's what we do with that afterward that counts. It's not a sin to be offended initially, it's not a sin to be hurt. But what do we do with that after the fact? How do we deal with that? Do we hold on to it? Do we nurse it? Do we make it ours? Or do we give it to Jesus? Do we let it go? Do we forgive? Do we move on? How can I forgive? How can I forgive that guy? Do you know what he said? Do you know what he did? I'm devastated now, and it's all because of him. I don't deny the fact that there are just horrendous situations out there. People have said just the dumbest, stupidest, most hurtful things. Ministers have said these things. I'm not denying any of that. And I'm not excusing any of it. And God's going to deal with them. One way or the other. Don't you worry about them. God's got that one too. What are you doing about that situation? Because now it's placed in your court. What are you doing with it? Have you nursed it? Have you made it yours? Have you justified your feelings toward that, toward them? Matthew 26, 55-56, moving on with the story. It says, In that same hour said Jesus to the multitudes, Are ye come out as against a thief with swords and staves for to take me? I sat daily with you, teaching in the temple, and ye laid no hold on me. But all this was done that the Scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then, all the disciples that promised, they swore, We're going to stick with you, Jesus. We got you. I don't care what comes. I don't care what happens. We're ready. They weren't ready. Then all the disciples forsook Him and fled. Just like He said they would. Despite all of their arguments, despite all of their vehement and impassioned shouting and yelling, they still fled. Moving on to verse 69. Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou wast also with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied them. He denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. When he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied with an oath. I don't know the man. And after a while came unto him they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou art also one of, one will. Uh, one of them. She said it more eloquently. Uh, For thy speech bereath thee. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew. So not only did he flee, not only did he leave Jesus high and dry, he distanced himself as far as he could get. I don't know who you're talking about. I've never even heard of him. What do you mean Jesus? Jesus who? I don't know any Jesus. You haven't spent three and a half years with him? You haven't broke bread with him? Nothing? Nothing's registering here? People do people things. And when they get surprised, and when they get scared, and when they get fearful, they revert to type, don't they? Instead of civilization, many people have commented on how thin the veil of civilization is. If the federal government were to get on the the radio today and say, we're canceling every law, there is no more law in the United States, We're not enforcing anything. What do you think would happen? Do you think people would just, well, we'll just self-govern because we're going to do what's right anyway? Some will, but most won't. As Christians, we we should be in that place. That is what self-government means. It doesn't mean we elect representatives. It means we govern our own passions. We govern ourselves, our own fallen nature via the Spirit of God. It would be absolute chaos. There is, that is in our flesh, no good thing. We will revert to type. In those situations, we'll look out for number one. We'll look out for self. Someone hurt me, I want justice. Someone lashed out at me, I want to lash back. It's right, it's just. As I've said before, I'm not so sure we should be so quick to demand justice. Because if that's all that God was, was just, we would have no hope at all. None of us. What I've wanted from the very beginning is mercy. That's what I've needed. Those that hurt us, those that say dumb things, or those that do it on purpose, They deserve just as much mercy from me as I deserve mercy from God. And Jesus would have been righteous and he would have been just to condemn me. Absolutely, he would have. I am not righteous and I am not just when I condemn others. So how do we deal with it then? Well, it's really simple. Here's the five easy steps. And you're free from it forever. I'm just kidding. It's simple enough. Simple enough to preach. Simple enough to tell others about. But sometimes it's really hard to apply. Matthew 5, starting with verse 38. Jesus is teaching us this. Ye have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. Justice. But I say unto you, that ye resist not evil. But whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law, and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn thou not away. He continues, Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you. And persecute you. Here he's talking about specifically those people that are doing it on purpose. Why? That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. for if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. So there it is. That's what we need to do today. We've all been hurt. We've all been betrayed. We've all been wronged. We have also hurt and betrayed and wronged ourselves. We must forgive. We must let it go. We must place it in the hands of God. We must love the person that did this to us. We must pray for the person that did this to us. And as I read these Scriptures, I don't see any hint of suggestion. What I do receive is commandment. Remember, we started off this thing about receiving. Correction. Receiving instruction. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Well, Jesus is the most faithful friend that we have. And when He tells us something we don't want to hear, when He explains to us something we're not ready to receive right now, you are ready to receive it. You're just not willing to. Because if Jesus is giving it, you're ready to receive it. So we need to receive that, all of us today. The weight isn't yours to carry. The burden was never yours to bear. It was given to you unjustly. I'll stipulate. I'll stipulate all of that. If you will accept that you need to forgive and you need to let it go and you need to do it today, stop carrying it around. Stop trying to work through it. Stop trying to make sense of it. It's not going to make sense. I promise you that. It won't. I I don't know what I did to, to... You didn't do anything probably. It just happened. Things just happen. Bad things do happen to God's people. And it's through no fault of our own. Sometimes it is. But a lot of times it's not. It just happens. We're in a fearful, fallen world. And dumb things happen. Random things happen. So you don't need to make sense of it. What you need to do is let it go. Let it go. Forgive that individual. Forgive that group of people. Whoever it is. Whatever happened. God is big enough to help you forgive. God is powerful enough to help you let it go. He's powerful enough to take it upon His shoulders. He's asking you today give it to Him. Let Him bear it. His shoulders are a whole lot bigger than mine. He's a whole lot more strong and powerful than I am. You're not built to carry that kind of a load. It will break you. It will destroy you. So let it go. Forgive. Pray for that individual. I've preached on this topic before. And there's a reason it's coming up again. There are those here that know exactly why. And as we've went through these things, individuals have come to mind. Situations have come to mind. Thank God for that. Now give that individual to Jesus. Give that situation to Jesus. Let it go, folks. On the 4th of July, we celebrate our victory from that awful King George. We have a native British guy here, so if I get a little vehement, (laughs) amen. Horrible King George, amen. We celebrate freedom, we celebrate victory on the 4th of July here in the United States. And rightly so. I think most people that know anything about the Revolutionary War would admit, maybe begrudgingly, maybe quite happily, that God's hand was in that. That there is a reason that we're a country today. Part of the plan of God. Let me tell you what else is part of the plan of God. He wants you to have spiritual victory today. Spiritual liberty today. Freedom isn't just in the form of a government that we sit under. Freedom isn't just being able to walk out on the street and and pray out loud. Although I I thank God for that. Spiritual freedom is freedom from bondage. Freedom from sin. Freedom from doubt and fear. Freedom from, from wounds and hurt. Freedom from unforgiveness. Freedom from bitterness. Freedom from all of it. I don't have to live in that anymore. I was... Freed from all of that. When I came to the Lord Jesus Christ and He established a covenant relationship with me, He delivered me. Not just from my sin, but from all the effects of it. He delivered me from unforgiveness. He delivered me from from having to deal with those things anymore. Now, all i got to do is come to an altar and give it to Him. That's all i got to do now. He's the one that wants it. Why do we want it? Why do we want to carry these things with them, with us? Are we getting even with someone? Do we think it's a badge of honor? I'm asking some serious questions here. There are people out there today, they wear their disabilities, they wear their, their, their welfare stuff like a badge of honor. Oh, I, I'm, I'm 23 years old and I'm taking 8 medicines. Oh, I got you beat. I'm taking 12 medicines. And I have 3 diagnoses. Oh, you're better than I am. I don't know if they come out and explicitly state it like that, but there are people that wear that stuff like a badge of honor today. Why? Dude, you win. I don't want to be where you're at. I'm glad that I'm not on any medications. I have no diagnoses. Thank God. God is my... I have health today because of Him. Strengthen my body because of His mercy and His grace. I don't, I don't want to win that contest. I'll lose, I'll lose all day long, thank you. I want to be healthy. I want to be strong so, so I can serve Jesus the way He wants me to. We, don't have to. we don't have to carry those things around. God doesn't want us to. He doesn't want you carrying that thing around. It wasn't yours to bear. It wasn't yours to carry. Just like your sin isn't. These things aren't yours to carry. The commandment of God, His commandment to us today is to release that to Him. Let it go. Forgive. Pray for that individual. Receive the faithful wounds of your best friend today Jesus Christ. Receive his correction. Receive his counsel. Receive his healing. Receive his deliverance today. Receive that today and let him free you. Let him deliver you. Let's all stand. Let's all come to the front for just a few minutes. As I see it, this is the most important part of the service. This is where Jesus can deal directly with us as individuals. He can speak to us directly concerning those things that were spoken of generally here just a little bit ago. (coughs) There are some here that you have truly... Allowed God to work this out. You have. Thank God for that. Thank God for the victory that you're experiencing today, the deliverance that you've received from Him in times past. Thank God every day for that. Not everyone has yet, not everyone has received that yet. Those of you that have not, those of you that have been carrying these things around with you for whatever reason. The reason doesn't matter at this point in time. What happened? And I say this with care. Please understand what I'm trying to to convey. What happened doesn't matter. Not anymore. That it happened, that's really all that matters. That it happened to you. Now what you need to do you need to do is give it to Jesus here. Now. Today. Right now. Don't take it home with you. Don't take it home with you. Don't lay it down and pick it back up at the end. Leave it here. We've got good church cleaners. We'll clean up all the gunk here later. Don't worry about that. You don't have to take it with you. Just leave it right here. Speaking from first hand experience, and some of you will, will amen me. What a relief it is to let that stuff go. What a relief. Has anybody ever had athlete's foot? A few people have. Not comfy, right? And then what happens? It hurts. It gets worse. And it still scratches. Scratches. You gotta scratch your itch. That's what bitterness is. That's what unforgiveness is. You think you can scratch it, you think you can you can deal with it on your own. But it keeps coming back and it's worse and it spreads. And it's just so uncomfortable. That's what's on my mind all the time. Anytime anytime I have communications with anyone whatever reason, that would come back to me, directly or indirectly. The words that came out of my mouth would be seasoned with that unforgiveness, that bitterness. What a liberty God has in store for us. We don't have to be like that. We don't have to live like that. So let's call out to God here for just a little while. Promise you, I promise you, according to scripture, according to the word of the Lord, which doesn't lie, which is absolute truth, if you will give it to Him, if you will forgive and pray for these individuals, God will take it up on Himself. God will deal with those individuals Himself, and He will set you free. Let's pray, Lord Jesus. I am so thankful for you. I am so thankful that you hung on a cross and suffered and died in my place that I might receive forgiveness of sins. That through that, I would have the possibility of saying yes to a covenant relationship with you, where you would give me the earnest of my inheritance, the gift of the Holy Ghost, where you would give me your name in water baptism make me a part of your family. I, who was a long ways off, you drew nigh by the blood of Christ. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. And you've provided for so much more than even salvation, which is all we ever really needed. If that's all I receive of you, God, I'll be forever and eternally grateful and thankful that you saved my soul, but you've made provision for even even more than that you've delivered me from the bondage of sin and death into the glorious liberty of the children of God you've delivered me from the effects of sin of unrighteousness you've made it possible for me to truly love people even those who hate me who despise me who despitefully use me and persecute me through you I can love them unconditionally unconditionally I can love people unconditionally because You love me. You love me unconditionally. It doesn't matter if I fail You or not. You still love me. Help me to never fail. Help me to always do those things that please You. But I declare and I am so thankful today that no matter what, You will always love me. Hallelujah, Jesus. Help us, I pray. Help us, I pray, to love one another as You have loved us. Because we have received the love of God today. We can turn around and we can share that love with those around us. Even if it's not reciprocated. Even if it's never reciprocated. We can love them. We can forgive them. We can let them go. We can let this situation, this pain, this burning itch in our hearts, our spirits. We can let it go and we can receive forgiveness today. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your your everlasting mercy, your mercies which are renewed every morning. Thank you, Jesus, for the manifestation of your presence here today. Oh hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. As you bring these situations, as you bring these individuals to mind, Thou Most High God, we give them to you. We give the situation to you. Help us, I pray. Help us to let it go. Help us to leave these things at an altar. Help us to forgive. Help us to love them with the love of God. With agape love. Help us, Lord Jesus, I pray, to do those things today that you have told us to do, that you have given us counsel to do, It is your desire to set us free, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Hallelujah, Jesus. Set at liberty this morning, I pray, them that are bruised, set them free. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Give us victory today over unforgiveness, bitterness, hurt us today I pray and set us free so that we can serve you in fullness of truth in spirit and in truth help us Lord Jesus help us today I pray this is well pleasing unto the Lord our God that we love that we exchange love for hatred forgiveness for unforgiveness mercy, for justice. Oh, help us today, I pray. Help us to to loose these things from our lives. Help us to disattach ourselves, Lord. Give us victory. Give us freedom today, I pray. In Jesus' name, set your people free. In Jesus' name, I pronounce that. Jesus Christ upon this congregation. I pray, O God, that you would move wondrously, that you would move miraculously in each heart, in each life, in each family, in this church body. That you would free this church body today, I pray. forgive those that have hurt me, that have wronged me, whether they deserve it or not I didn't deserve your forgiveness when I came to you, but you made me worthy, you declared me to be worthy of God if I can be worthy Lord Jesus, then they are too if I can be worthy of your love then they can be worthy of my love I was in rebellion against you You loved me You loved me Oh, hallelujah, Jesus Hallelujah, Jesus church. Let it go. Forgive. Forgive the group. Forgive the individual. The people who represent Jesus Christ aren't always perfect. We have a tendency to judge religion, judge denominations, judge Christianity based on who represents Him. God rather on the one who gave it. pithy German saying that he used to like to quote nicht which means forgive but don't forget Jesus is telling us forgive you'll never be able to forget but when we look back on the situation when we remember what happened, what is our reaction? If we can look back on it with no more pain, no more emotion, we can look at the individual maybe with sorrow, maybe with pity, but no more anger, no more bitterness, then you know God has healed you. And you know you've been delivered. When we crucify our flesh, the, uh, the reaction of a corpse is typically pretty boring. You can poke one, prod one. <clears throat> it doesn't do much. It doesn't feel pain. There's a lot of parallels to that. When someone pokes and prods us, how do we respond? How do we react? Do we react? Jesus wants us to love our enemies, to bless them that curse us, to pray for them that use us. Because that's exactly what He did. He always leads from the front, folks. He's not going to tell us to do something He's not already doing. These sayings of Jesus are not in our flesh easy. Sometimes they're downright impossible. They are so contrary to our old nature. But if we would be spiritual if we would be servants of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have got to start moving ourselves forward in that direction, don't we? We have got to start becoming Christ-like ourselves. Not just amening good preaching, but doing good preaching. Every service we become responsible for that we receive. presence of God, we become responsible for that. We've got to do something with that. I pray that we would make and keep making the right choices. The choices that move us closer to God. services that we have been privileged to be a part of, the administration of your spirit in this place continues to overwhelm me. I am so very thankful for you. I am so thankful for your love and for your mercy and for your compassion and for your grace and for your long-suffering patience toward me. Thank you, Jesus, and help me, I pray. Lord Jesus, I pray to demonstrate You effectively. To not just say Jesus, but to do Jesus, to show Jesus to this world. To demonstrate Your love. Glorified in your people, through your people today, I pray. Protect us tomorrow as we celebrate this nation's day of independence. I thank you that you have given us the liberties and the freedoms in this country that you have given us. Give us a heart to be thankful for them. To understand how blessed we are. That your name be glorified in these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so very much for being here this morning, this afternoon. God bless you all. we don't see you tomorrow, have a very happy 4th of July. God bless you. You're dismissed.